G'day and welcome to the Dolby Anglican Podcast. My name is David and I'm one of the ministers at Dolby Anglican Parish. If you'd like to learn more about our church, you can visit anglicandolby.org.au. Today's sermon focuses on Epiphany and Matthew chapter 2 verses 1 to 12 and the title is Christmas Continued. We hope you enjoy the sermon. God bless. The Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to St. Matthew chapter 2 beginning at the first verse. Glory to you, Lord Jesus Christ. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea, during the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, Where is the one who, was, who has been born King of the Jews? We saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. When King Herod heard this, He was disturbed, and all Jerusalem with him. When he had called together all the people's chief priests and teachers of the law, he asked them where the Messiah was to be born. In Bethlehem, Judea, they replied, for this is what the prophet has written. But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For out of you will come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod called the Magi secretly and found out from them the exact time the star had appeared. He sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search carefully for the child. As soon as you find him, Report to me, so that I too may go and worship him. After they heard the king, they went on their way, and the star they had seen when it rose went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were overjoyed. On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. Then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they returned to their country by another route. Loving Lord God, we thank and praise you for your goodness and grace. We thank you for the wonder and awe of the Christmas narrative. Lord, there's so many stories um, that are banded around about Jesus' birth. And we pray that you would help us to understand the true Jesus, to understand what he truly came for and what he was really about. And we pray these things in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. All right, round of applause for everyone. That was, a, that was a mammoth quiz. I hope your brains are firing now and your hearts are inflamed. Kiddo, you can head over there to the kids' uh, corner and we'll jump into our sermon. Well, um, I recently read this headline. And we're going through Christmas Continue. That's the title of this sermon. Four days before Christmas, the sky will offer a sight that hasn't been seen since the Middle Ages and may have inspired one of the Bible's most famous stories. 
This was how Channel 7 reported an eclipse or an aligning of Jupiter and Saturn on December 21st last year. Did anyone see this, this report maybe on social media and around there? Yeah. Now, Channel te 7, ironic ironically, uh, didn't mention which story this phenomenon is meant to have inspired, uh, but it's fair to say uh, the heading was just a marketing ploy. The article didn't go into the account of the wise men, and it certainly doesn't imply that the Bible's most famous story, as it says, is history, i.e. that it actually happened. Channel 7 is right, though. The story of the three kings is a famous one. We've all seen, even in our nativity scene in church, um, these guys, Melchior, Gaspar, and Balthazar, uh, the church even made up names for them, <laughs> have been the gate crashes at nativity scenes for hundreds of years. But as is often is the case, the real event is much more interesting than the Hollywood version. A bit like the book is always more interesting than the, the movie. We're going to find that the book has much more wonderful things to say about this event than Channel 7. What we see in the Bible is much more than a headline. It, it's a star leading to someone. The star leads us to Judea, where we find Jesus, the true king, who inflames our hearts. So my first point is that the star leads us to Judea. In Matthew 2, we read... After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea, during the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came from Jerusalem and asked, Where is the one who has been born King of the Jews? We saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. Now, already in these opening verses, we see Matthew's account diverging from folklore. Notice the Bible says, After Jesus was born. It's past tense. So the Magi weren't with the shepherds at Jesus' birth. They were only in transit, or they were even at home looking for the sign that the king of the Jews had been born. Also, what we have here are not kings, but Magi or wise men. We learn about Magi in the book of Daniel, because Daniel himself was selected by the Babylonians to be trained as a Magi. Magi were taken as boys to the royal court, given the best food, and trained in astronomy, maths, science, and even literature. They were the cream of the crop, and wisdom was their goal. In the book of Daniel, we see how the Magi tried to interpret dreams. And Daniel rises to the top of the Magi because God interprets the dreams for him. It's likely the memory of Daniel and his God lasted in Babylon for the 400, 500 plus years between Daniel and Jesus. And it's possible people still knew about Daniel and his prophecies about Jesus at the time when Jesus was born. Daniel prophesied about one like a son of man who would come and establish God's rule and reign in Israel, the one true king. Now, a royal greeting party of Magi wouldn't have consisted of three lost kings. 
Scholar John MacArthur reckons that a band of travelling magi with royal gifts would have travelled in a party of about 30 men. So when they arrive in Jerusalem, not just to give the king presents, but to worship him, it's a big deal. And if you have a Bible with you, I encourage you to look at verses 3 to 4. When King Herod heard this, he was disturbed, and all Jerusalem with him. When he had called together all the people's chief priests and the teachers of the law, he asked them where the Messiah was to be born. Herod is freaked out. He knows that he isn't the true king of the Jews because he isn't Jewish. And he came to power by murdering all his rivals, some of whom he was related to. He's a puppet king put there by the Romans. And when this megalomaniac gets paranoid, the whole city gets anxious too. Herod has plans. He has an agenda. And he won't worship anyone but himself. He's ready to put an end to all rivals. Herod is intimidated by this army of welcomers, and so he calls together his own magi in private, his own local wise men, and asks them where he might find the new king. Where is this new king on the block? And the magi say, In Bethlehem in Judea, they replied, for this is what the prophet has written. But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah, for out of you will come a ruler who will shepherd my people, Israel. The wise men of Jerusalem don't look to the stars, they look to the scriptures. And there they see that the stars and the scriptures align. Bethlehem, as the prophecy suggests, was and still is a bit of a nothing town. It wasn't rich or large, and the big city people can't even be bothered to go down to check if what the Magi say is true. They know from the scriptures where the king is meant to be born. But for some reason, they don't join the Magi. They're too frightened of Herod, and they're too set in their ways to let God move them. Friends, this is a warning for Christians today. We can know our Bibles back to front, but unless we apply them to our lives, we're in strife. We can get so set in our ways, so comfortable with our own existence, that when God calls us to somewhere or something new, we can't respond because sometimes we dare to think that our plans are better than God's. Friends, perhaps God this year is not leading you to a life of comfort. Perhaps God is leading you to the humble places, to the Bethlehem-like places of our world, to the places where there is pain, to the places where there is suffering, to the places where no one else thinks of going. The star leads to Judea in Bethlehem, because this humble city is where God touched down. Into a place where there was pain, where there was poverty, where there was inequality. A place where no one, no one would expect him. But the Magi follow. 
as we begin 2021, it's important that we ask ourselves, am I ready to go where God wants to send me? Notice the type of ruler that the prophecy foretells. The scripture which Herod's teacher's quote is from Micah 5, and it tells us of a shepherd king. Now many, even Herod himself, were expecting a military king, a general or a politician, but this king will be a shepherd. The name that Mary gives her baby in Matthew 1 is also prophetic, and it also talks about the type of king Jesus will be. His name is Yeshua in Aramaic, or Jesus in Aussie, which means God saves. Matthew is preparing us for a nurturing, restorative Jesus. While many of the Jerusalem elite are too scared or too proud to go and meet the new king, the Magi are ready. They will go. They are willing to see a humble servant king. And so they pack up and get ready to go, but not before Herod has his roll of the dice. Herod calls the Magi to himself secretly and asks the exact time of the star's appearing. This shows us the star probably appeared at the exact time of Jesus' birth. Now, theories abound surrounding what exactly the star was. You can Google it. There's Halley's Comet. There's um, an alignment of Jupiter and Saturn. There's, there's, there's all sorts of theories. But what is clear is that Herod gets his knickers in a knot because he quickly hatches a plot. He says to the Magi in verse 8, Go and search carefully for the child. As soon as you find him, report to me, so that I too may go and worship him. Herod is worried, but he won't join the Magi because he doesn't have the guts. And so they set off, leaving the puppet king behind, in search of the true king. And in verse 9, our hearts rise. It says this, After they had heard the king, they went on their way, and the star they had seen when it rose went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were overjoyed. The star which the Magi had obviously lost sight of in Jerusalem rises and stops over Bethlehem. The stars and planets are all aligning, and the original language tells us that the Magi are stoked. Matthew writes in such a way that he wants our hearts to rise. He wants our hearts to be inflamed as we see the star in our mind's eye, and the Magi rejoice that they found the Savior. They come not to a stable, but to a house, as we found out in our quiz. Mary and Joseph have found somewhere more permanent to live. And there they find Jesus not as a baby, but as a toddler. Now notice, back up in verse 2, that for the Magi, this baby is born king. They don't say that this person will be king. They state flat out that this infant isn't like Herod, who will steal and kill to get his way to the throne. This is why they don't care that Jesus is living in a, in a 
in a house, not in a palace in a royal city, but in a house in Bethlehem. They've seen the star, they've heard the prophecies, and now they're finally in the presence of the one born king. Again, notice notice how this word worship annotates and bookends the account we're reading today. Often we get distracted by the star and the presence, but the Magi go, and they go to church before they open their presence. You see that? They, They go to church before they open their presence. They worship Jesus, and Matthew uses a word for worship that is reserved for God alone. God alone for Matthew is worthy of this sort of attention. He's saying something explosive about Jesus. He's saying this true king is God. And it is right and true that these strange foreigners are worshipping him as God. It's a neon sign saying, Jesus is God. If the smartest people in the world from one of the greatest empires the world has ever seen, are ready to come and worship Jesus, Matthew is saying, why isn't Herod? Why aren't the people in Jerusalem? And why aren't we worshipping him? And this is where the presents come in. And um, We Three Kings uh, gets the, the Three Kings part wrong, but it gets the presence beautifully right, and I encourage you to go over the lyrics of We Three Kings again, because they talk about the symbolism in the gifts. Gold is a royal gift for a king. It went into crowns, scepters, and signet rings. Frankincense is gum resin, and you would burn it in worship. They still burn it as incense for worship today. Here the Magi are showing us that this child will have a priestly role, leading his people back to God and back to true worship. Finally, myrrh was an essential oil uh, used for healing, and the Egyptians used it for embalming bodies. This gift is symbolic of healing, but also of the death this true king will die in order to rise again. Matthew is telling us, hey, hey people of St. John's, Jesus is worthy of your worship and he is worthy of your gifts. As we begin 2021, perhaps you're worried about your gifts. Money, possessions, jobs and property may all rise and fall in the coming year. There's a lot of uncertainty ahead. But Jesus shows us what is truly valuable. It's good that you're beginning your year in church today. The Magi had a treacherous journey ahead. They may have been tempted to keep their gifts to sell in order to get them home, but instead they lavished them on Jesus, the true King. Matthew is challenging us this year to give our gifts to God, to pour out our worship to God as well. There's no doubt in the Magi's hearts that Jesus is worthy of their gifts and they leave with hearts inflamed. And this is the last point that I want to make this morning. There is no hint in the text 
that the Magi go away from Jesus disappointed. They've traveled a long way to find a toddler in a house in a nobody town, but they leave with hearts inflamed. Verse 12 says, And having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they return to their country by another route. The Magi have been led by the star. Then they've been led by the prophecies of Scripture. And now God speaks to them in a dream. He wants to give Mary and Joseph plenty of time to escape Herod, who when he finds out he's been thwarted, goes and murders all the babies in Bethlehem one year and below. God gives the Magi a chance to escape. He gives Mary and Joseph an opportunity to escape. And we never hear about the Magi again. We don't know if they continue to worship Jesus back home or if they worship their local gods. But what is clear is that God's guidance doesn't leave them the moment they leave Jesus' home. Instead, he continues to speak to them and they leave with hearts inflamed. Friends, this is the purpose of this passage for us. Matthew gives this marvelous account because his heart is inflamed for Jesus. Uh, Last year, I read a book by a guy called Jonathan Haidt, who's a a Jewish secular um, psychologist. And he looked into... um, where happiness, where joy, where fulfillment um, is found. And he concluded there are three places where people can find um, happiness and fulfillment. Um, He says in mindfulness techniques, in meditation, um, and and in just awareness um, exercises. Um, He he says also in um, psychotic drugs. Um, He doesn't recommend that we use them, but he says that people find... um, happiness and experiences through them. And finally, he says, experiences of the divine. Experiencing God. And the Magi don't use mindfulness, they don't use drugs. (laughs) They meet with Jesus and they leave with hearts inflamed. Matthew wants this for us too. He wants the hope, drive and joy in him to be ours as well. Friend, if you're looking for motivation to face the new year, look no further than Jesus. No diet, no 10-point plan, no motivational guru will fulfill you more than Christ. So friends, as we say goodbye to 2020, let's draw on this account of Jesus' life. Let's draw on the past to inspire us into the future. The star didn't inspire the story. Jesus inspires all of history. And if you want to find fullness of life, then look to Jesus, my friend. Let's let Jesus lead us to the humble parts of the world and see the guidance and salvation God has for us there. Let's recognize that Jesus is the only one worthy of being the true king of our lives. Our hope isn't in 2021, it's in Jesus. Let's follow Jesus this year, worshipping him with humility and reverence, lavishing our gifts on him. And as we do, we will leave, and we will live with hearts inflamed. Amen.